Hey listeners, you're listening to Beckett's Babies. I'm Sarah. And I'm Sam. And uh, we're back. We're back. We're we're back. Listeners, did you miss us? (laughs) Of course they did. Oh boy. Um, We are so excited to uh, get this show rolling again. Um, I feel like our last bonus episode that we did a few months back was sort of our kind of little test run, kind of a getting back into the groove again. And we are so ready to start. I'm um, so ready. I feel like I don't know what I've been doing in my life all these years without Beckett's babies. Um, you know, I was looking back at our previous um, episodes. We recorded 25. What? That's amazing. I know. That's I could not believe how many episodes recorded. 25 is a lot for considering we were full-time students working full-time yeah. oh, man, to do in this. In our but, 20s. Mm-hmm. Wait, you're still in your 20s. I'm I'm near I'm at the end. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I'm 29, nearing four, 30, 30, <laughs> 40. No, it feels like I'm going towards 40. So I guess for listeners who don't know what this is or never or don't know who we are, we could do a little short intro. Yeah. Sam, why don't you start? Who are you? Okay, um, I'm Sam. I'm a playwright. And I am currently teaching in a creative writing program for high school students up in northern Michigan, um, where it is very, very cold right now. And yeah, and I'm also a poet, and I have done some directing. um, And that's about it. And you've po- you're you had some poems published, I think. Yes, right? I do. That is cool. Oh, like look at a published poet, y'all. <laughs> <laughs> Who are you, Sarah? Oh, me. Um, my name is Sarah. I live and work in LA. I've been doing sketch comedy, a lot of sketch comedy the last three and a half years. Uh, improv, doing a lot of comedy. Mm-hmm. Um. And recently I was working in publicity, television publicity, and um, slowly uh, jumped out of that world to (laughs) figure something else out. I remember when I first met you, you described yourself as a humorist, which I Oh, my God. Yeah, I'm not a humorist anymore. Oh, you're not? (laughs) No. I think I'm more of a... um, a funny person. <laughs> well, maybe on a later episode we can uh, we can distinguish the difference for mm-hmm. our listeners and for myself because I'm not sure I really know. Yeah. You are a funny person. Thanks, Sam. Uh, listeners, you'll you'll come to agree with that as well <laughs> as you join <laughs> us. Um, so, why are we doing Beckett's Babies? Why are we Why are we doing this, Sam? Well, I think. Um, Originally, we we just wanted to kind of talk to our friends about playwriting. Mm-hmm. Like, if I think about first-generation Beckett's Babies, but now that we're back, um, and we're thinking about, like, what do we have to offer the wider mm-hmm. world? Mm-hmm. Um, I think, I don't know, I just, I want to learn from people about, from our guests about different playwriting exercises and strategies and... Yeah. Um, and I think it would be fun to just kind of have some conversations about this strange world that we have 
um, joined. Yeah, I completely agree. Um, I feel like the last few years I've just been doing a lot of other writing that's that wasn't playwriting, but playwriting really fed into my writing, like sketch writing, you know, because it's always on stage and but it's so um, truncated, like only three and a half minutes, you know, Ooh. I could only write in three and a half, four minute long. But I, I kind of miss playwriting. I miss, I, I want to take this opportunity to jump into the world again, because I just feel like I purposefully like, you know, I kind of, I mean, I would read what's going on, like in terms of like, oh, a play is hitting in Broadway or whatever, what's going on. But I kind of comp- purposely removed myself from submitting to development conferences or like altogether the last two, three years. Yeah. Like getting out of grad school. Cause I was like, I think I needed a break because we were writing a lot of plays and doing a lot of playwriting or, at Iowa. Mm-hmm. But I, I'm now, I don't know, new year, new me. And I just like, I am so ready to just delve into the world again. Um, yeah. I, I think because I've been teaching creative writing um, in a multi-genre way and mm. writing a lot of poetry. It, um, I don't know. I've been really thinking lately about what is it that makes playwriting so special and why did I choose this mm-hmm. very special, you know, specialized and specific kind of writing, especially because I've been meeting so many fiction writers recently and there's something really appealing about that. But um, every time I try it, I come back to playwriting because there's something about it that I find really appealing. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah. Yeah. I, 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 for one, I feel when I'm writing like a pilot or when I'm writing uh, a sketch, like, right. It's, it, it's so strict and structured. Like, it's just so strict. You have to hit certain beats at certain pages and it's like, you have to work with it, which I kind of liked. Yeah. But then I felt a little trapped. I want to think bigger than this. I like, I want to see more visuals. I want to like explode my mind with color. I want to like, just <laughs> that's yeah. just for some reason. And then I felt like I just, and I was reading like my old play plays that I'd written in even undergrad where there was just no filter. There was just no restriction, whatever. And I was like, wow, this was so freeing. It was just so, there was so much freedom and there was so much joy. To kind of make up your own rules and structure. Yeah. Based on the story you're telling. Yeah. What you're saying, like to make your own um, rules and structure. It's kind of what I miss. One thing I found is that playwrights as a group are just really great people. Mm-hmm. Don't you think? Mm-hmm. They're, yeah. they're some of the most curious people I know. And um, I think because our art form is so collaborative, it's there's something about playwrights where it's like they, they're always hungry to like, meet other artists and and work with other artists and learn from other artists and um i don't know that's pretty cool yeah yeah totally so i'm curious sam when did you start writing plays well it's funny that you ask my (laughs) okay so when i was a little little child like i'm talking four or five years old 
um, six years old, I made my sister and my cousin be in little plays that I would, um, I basically like just tell them what to do and what to say. And, you know, I, th- I think I thought of myself more as a director. <laughs> than a mm-hmm. There was no mm-hmm. writing involved, except I was definitely scripting everything that had to happen. Mm-hmm. Um, and I went along with it. But I really didn't think of myself as a playwright until college. I mean, I was always writing. Um, and I did a lot of acting in high school. Um, mm-hmm. But it didn't really occur to me until college when I took a playwriting one class that this was something that I could have a lot of fun with and really enjoy and um part of the reason I was so excited about it is because I as an actor I was constantly disappointed in the roles that were available to women and girls in the plays that my school and community theater and college theater department chose and so when I started writing plays and I realized, oh, I can, you know, I can create my own characters and I can make these mm. female characters full human beings and not just the girlfriend who comes in for half a scene and says, you know, you're doing a great job <laughs> or whatever. Um, that was, that was just completely changed the trajectory of what I wanted to do. So, um, and, and also I started reading playwrights like, Paula Vogel and um, Susan Laurie Parks and Naomi Wallace and Tony Kushner and Jose Rivera and um, was really excited to find that it wasn't, it didn't have to be just a family in a living room, you know, talking about their resentments towards each other, (laughs) but that you could have some magic or some politics involved. Um, That was really exciting to me too. So yeah, what about you, Sarah? Oh boy, let's see. First of all, when I was reading books when I was a, when I was a kid, mm-hmm. I would honestly just read the dialogue. Really? <laughs> those books. Yeah, I would just read the dialogue, and then kind of I mean, follow. I mean, reading, reading, but then I would just like linger on those dialogues, the quotations. You know, like whoa, like I liked what he's saying or she's saying, and, and that was what I just remember the earliest memory. I love that. And I got it to college. Um, in high school, I really wanted to do theater, but I couldn't because I, my mom was a single parent, so she had a uh, business and I would work after school. And a lot of theater was kind of an after school thing in my high school. So I just like couldn't participate. And, um, but I got into college and I was like, I, I came in as a film major because um, of some like video production experience I had in high school. And I came into college at UC Santa Barbara as a film major. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to be a theater major too. Like I want to take theater. Cool. I was just, I was just like wanting to know what that world was like. I always see those kids after school, you know, dancing in the quad and like singing and dancing. And I was like, what is that? Like I want to see what that is about. <laughs> and so I um, started taking classes and I think I – Went in with a tension of like in the film, I want to be a producer. Mm-hmm. And I was like, well, maybe as a producer, I need to learn how to write and no plays mm-hmm. or no writing and things like that. So I signed up for a solo performance class writing at, at UC Santa Barbara. Um, and I was just like hooked. I, I, that 
and then taking that class and delving into that personal life and my personal world and the stories. And I'm like, I wanted more of that. And then I got into playwriting through those classes. Um, I never knew this whole story. You didn't? I thought oh, I told well, you. I don't think so. What made you want to be mm-hmm. a film major? Um, I think I've just always liked well, maybe because I grew up on YouTube, and <laughs> so like YouTube came, and then I was making like short videos and little, like I'm going off tangent. I don't, did I tell you that I my, one of my videos went viral in Korea? What? Yeah. Okay. Oh my god! I can't believe no. like, did I tell you this? All right. Oh, oh my. All right, you and my listeners. Here we go. Um, so I make this video, a short, um, like a music video, and my uncle at the time there was like a a Korean version of MySpace. Uh, and he uploaded it on his profile, oh my and gosh. it went viral. Like, what like, was what was the video? I will not say. <laughs> I, don't, I don't want to dig up that part of my life. I'm gonna find it. I can't believe you're. You can't hold out on us. I can't. No, That's no, no. Amazing. I can't let you see it. But it went viral in hours. Like maybe like within 48 hours, I'd say. Like mm-hmm. I was getting calls from Korean press. Oh my god. Um, my mom like calling my mom like this girl, this kid, Sarah. Like who is she? We want to talk to her. We want to interview her and. And my mom being, you know, a momager, I don't know. She was like, yeah, you can you can interview Sarah uh, as long as you advertise my restaurant oh in my your God. in your piece. We mentioned that there's this exists, uh, which is hilarious. Wait, um, did you talk to the press? I did. I talked to like oh I talked to this like a journalist, a Korean outlet, um, and then a news reporter. And then it also – um, it ended up the video part of the video was ended up on a Korean news. Oh my god! Side too. Oh, so I it was heard the story. This is amazing. Yeah. So that was pretty pretty crazy, and that happened like senior year of high school, and it went viral. And then I, I just remember like feeling kind of cool because I came to school and everyone's like, "Whoa, you're you went viral," but only in Korea, like no one else in the country, but in Korea. So I was like an international viral sensation. star. I don't know. Sensation. So it was kind of cool, like, cool moment in my life. Um, so then you're like, I better study film in college. <laughs> it was, I mean, kind of, I mean, it was like a, I always loved film and then it kind of motivated me even more. I was like, okay, like I want to do this. Like I want to do it. Um, That's amazing. Yeah. It's so funny. And, but it was, oh my God, the comments are so mean. Yeah. <laughs> the, the, I, my mom, because they were all in Korean and I didn't really understand Korean. And my, and my mom had to translate some of them. And then she was like, this one says like, you're, she's really ugly, funny, cute. Oh my God. Why <laughs> would like, she they, tell you? Because I, listeners, <laughs> Sam, <laughs> later we'll, we'll dig deeper into this. But not now. <laughs> but um, yeah, so that was story. That was my like high, high school in a nutshell, I guess. Yeah, and I got into playwriting and just went on this playwriting journey. You know, we both went to school in Iowa. That was – what did you think of Iowa, Sam? I I really liked my time there a lot. Mm-hmm. I think fondly about Iowa. Oh, yeah. I, I mean, it was cold. This time of year makes me remember mm-hmm. how cold it was. It was even colder than northern Michigan, but – um. 
You know, I think because I grew up on the East Coast, I always had this kind of coastal prejudice in my mind that Iowa, that like there was nothing there. Um, Or that whatever was there was not interesting or relevant to me at all. Mm. And, and I'm, I'm really grateful that I had, that I have had this, this time in the Midwest and that especially that, um, I spent four years in Iowa because like, there's just so much, I think there's so much in this country, in the middle of the country that people on the coasts kind of brush aside. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't know, but it, it was a great program. I thought mm-hmm. in that we had a lot of support and freedom to write the kinds of stories we wanted to write. And, um, and it was a gift of time. I mean, I think about how much yeah. I wrote while I was in grad school and I'm kind of amazed. Mm-hmm. I mean, I wrote like eight or nine plays. So. Yeah. I, one of the fond memories in Iowa was time. Like that's yeah. such a, it was, I, I can't believe that I was walking everywhere. I was, <laughs> I was like, I, one of my favorite, I will say this, Sam, um, other than the, the time, but my favorite, actually my favorite time in Iowa was us walking to class and home. Yeah. That first year and before that we first, moved. Before I moved and, but when we were living in the same direction, and yeah. we're in the same direction. I, I just remember that year, that first year, like, I never talked like this to a person. Like, I was like, <laughs> we had so we, many this, good conversations. This amount of talking, like, I've never done, like, talking like this t- with a friend like this and, and the conversation. Then we would just, like, recap the class or recap the day. And we are just kind of – it was like that was probably my favorite moment or time in Iowa that I – yeah, Sam. Like yeah, it, was the, it was. It was. I remember thinking. I remember thinking, like, oh, this is how friendships happen. <laughs> they, people, they, yeah, they need to talk. <laughs> yeah, people need to talk to each other and like spend. Yeah. Um, you know, because it, it was time that wasn't. Um, I don't know. I need a word for this. It was like, it was like in between time. It wasn't like. Mm focused time that was spent doing a particular thing it was just like we we were walking home together like every day yeah sometimes multiple times a day and it it was just like I don't know yeah you're totally right just a lot of talking Mm -hmm. (laughs) yeah yeah that's my favorite and then I got a smartphone in my second year and it was all over (laughs) and I moved (laughs) Oh yeah, um, oh, but yeah. Neither one of us had a car. Mm-hmm. I didn't even have a driver's license. Yeah, I, I I brought my car, brought a car from California my last year. Yeah, which was awesome. <laughs> but my car wasn't um, like four wheel drive. I don't know where it's like both. So it was like when it got icy and trying going up a hill, I would always fall. Like my oh, car gosh. would just fall down the roll back and I was like this is not that's this California car is not meant for this Iowa (laughs) weather because it's for it's not all-wheel drive it's four-wheel drive 
Yeah, or something like that. I don't know the difference. I think all-wheel drive, it's like it's, you don't have to do anything. It's just always on. And then four-wheel oh, okay. drive, you can switch between different modes, I think. Oh, okay. Then mine was like half of that. Oh. Like half of whatever you just said because it just only moved one axle or something. And then <laughs> <laughs> Guys, this is not a car podcast. So that's Sorry, guys. <laughs> Um, anything else about cars besides what we just said um well i love that what did you think of iowa like as a place um (laughs) no as a place i love no i love iowa like i i think i all i keep like my as soon as you asked me that I just keep recapping what it lacked. <laughs> it was yeah. like, there's no Asian food or it was like, or like limited Asian food or like limited things. And many, and many I was like, yeah. Yeah. But then I, I, but then I am all like, I think about those coffee shops. There's no good coffee shop in LA where it's not crowded and place to sit and charge. Like there's just really? no, yeah. It's just, I mean, the, the places that do exist, it's overflowing. Like people are just like, take up the space that everyone is a writer here everyone is a director here everyone is doing something here you know and so it's just like everyone needs a coffee shop so it's just really there's just lots of people just lots of people yeah wow yeah i never would have thought about that i would thought i would think like they have so many coffee shops there's like plenty to go around no and i feel like start some coffee shops are starting to catch on and they're like this coffee shop has no tables or chairs it's just like a little uh like a front, like a, what do you call those? Um, like a window? Like a window, yeah. Just pick up a coffee. Like they don't even want to offer that kind of, you know, luxury of they sitting. They just turn off their Wi-Fi and it would solve the problem. <laughs> oh, gosh. Yeah. And homelessness is really bad. Oh, I don't want to get into this, but man. Save it for Al- another episode. This is another, another episode. episode. We'll talk all about LA. But Iowa, I, man, I just really miss – how everything was sort of close mm-hmm. and then there was all the space around us. Like yeah. I miss that's what I miss, I think. Yeah, I realized recently I drive so much. Even though I don't live in LA, I live in like a small town. But it's a really rural area and I drive so much and I was thinking about how nice it was in Iowa City because I never needed to drive. I mean I biked a lot, but yeah, everything was walkable. What um, were some of your favorite plays that you wrote during your time in Iowa? Um, so it was probably the most proud of um, Silo Tree, which was the one I wrote. In the yes. That was my thesis, and I had a production of it in festival, and um, it and I was – Kevin Dudley did the set, and oh. the design was just – so beautiful. So beautiful. I mean, I and it, it just went so far beyond what I could ever have imagined. Um, mm-hmm. It was so gorgeous. And it really kind of immersed the whole audience in this, um, like, dreamscape almost. Um, so, and I, I, oh, I actually, yeah, like, I pulled the play out recently and I have started to look at it again and think about oh maybe it's time to you know dust this off and 
see if I can bring it to another production. So I've been thinking about that play a lot recently. And it's also about the Midwest and it's about, um, when I was writing it, I became obsessed with, um, there are shipwrecks all over the Midwest where there used to be rivers and boats that sank into the river. Like they got buried in the bottom of the river and everything was totally covered in silt, which is like this very fine soil. And so um, everything was like perfectly preserved because it wasn't exposed to oxygen. And so, and then what happened was a lot of these rivers across the Midwest have moved because of dams. And so now where there used to be a river, there's a field. And there are these incidents where like farmers will go out in their field one day and find like part of a boat. Um, so I was really obsessed with this idea that you know, all over the country in places where you would never know that there used to be a river. There are these boats from like 100 or 150 years ago with objects from 150 years ago that are perfectly preserved in there. Mm. Like jam, like strawberry jam that is still red. It's like that kind of thing. So, I mean, that's just part of the play, but it's funny how when you write a play, like all these things, you become an expert on so many things. <laughs> yeah. I, what about you? What what plays are you most proud of writing? My the my favorite play that I wrote and had a. It didn't have a production. It was a workshop production. It was family dinner. Yeah, I love that play. That was the most, like, my favorite play I've written. And it was, I wrote it from a place of of going to grad school and being, like, one of the only members in my family to go to grad school. And this, like, kind of a miscommunication. My my mom didn't really understand. Or I just had this, gen- no, it's not my mom. It's like, is this this general feeling of, the higher education, the more money you're going to make, right? And you're going to contribute to the family, right? Like, and it was like, yeah. no. And it was just this disconnect of what education means for a lot of, especially like for my immigrant family, like yeah. that there was just this disconnect of like what I was pursuing versus what they thought I was pursuing and what the the outcome would be. You know, it was sort of this, this and so I was like, I was writing from this place of like that frustration, you know, like there's like we're not on the same page about what we think is education, you know. And like, and so what is what, it for? What's the what is it for? Yeah. And so that was kind of like was my starting point. And I just wrote family dinner. Um, and I think I also wrote it, you know, weeks or months after my grandfather passed away, too. So that kind of changed the dynamic in my family. Yeah. So it was like, but yeah, it was the most fun. The plague that I feel like I was just – I wanted to just go crazy with language or just kind of just be really verbal and just physical and and try to do that. Um, and it was – yeah, that was so fun to rehearse to, to see all those actors just getting in on it. <laughs> oh, man. That was a really funny play. All right, have you thought about sending it out? Uh, I think I sent it out. But I mean like again – Oh, again? No, um, maybe. 
All right. Are we coming to the end? I know. Um, flies. Well, we were talking about doing glistens. Mm, glistens. You could explain, Sam, where glistens okay. came well, from. Well, the term is, it comes directly from one Dare Club, who was our professor at Iowa. And he um, would have us, after we heard a new play and workshop and discussed the play and all the things that were working or things we had questions about, he would ask us to say glistens, which were lines or, or moments from the play that um, that just really resonated and that we wanted to kind of leave, leave the conversation on that note. Mm-hmm. Um, so for our purposes, we talked about just taking things from the week, from the past week or things that are in the air that we want to um, leave our listeners with. Is that right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cool. Well, I have one. Okay. Um, so I just recently learned about this playwriting challenge. Um, it's through an organization, or a, I don't know, like a platform or a entity called the Literate Challenge. And it's every February you can sign up for this thing called 28 Plays Later. And this guy named Sebastian sends you um, a playwriting prompt every day. Mm. And the only requirement is that you write something every day. And you, so when you sign up, you pay, it's okay, the money is in pounds because he's British. So I don't remember the exact amount, but it's like between 20 and $30. And so you pay that amount at the beginning of the month. And then as long as you write something every day and submit it within 36 hours, um, you get your money back at the end of the month. But if you don't keep up with it, then you forfeit your money and your money goes to everybody else. <laughs> who was able to complete the challenge. Complete it. So it's a really good incentive to keep going. Wow. So I signed up for it. I think I'm going for a very stressful February, but oh boy. I'm going to try to make it through. I'm still thinking about it. I may or may not do it. I don't know. Uh, you should do we'll it. See. There's no reason we'll not see. to. Well, except you might be out there twenty or thirty dollars, but <laughs> um, or make that money and more. So right, right. Okay. Well, we'll think about it. Um, my glisten is. So, uh, I was on the computer and I was looking, you know, right now it's like Sundance is happening. Oh yeah. And I, and I see this movie native son that's people are talking about and I clicked on it and it was written by Susan Laurie Parks. She adapted the book native son. And I was like, Whoa, like Susan Laurie Parks, who, by the way, if you're listeners new, if you're new to playwriting the world, who is she? She's this playwright. Um, she wrote what? What is the play she wrote? She wrote Top, Top Dog, Dog Under. Dog. Yeah, Father Comes Home from the Wars. Yes, um, Venus, and she's yeah. a really she's amazing. She's like a genius. She's such a genius. And but so I don't know if you know this, Sam. But so I'm going. I'm on this like this Google wormhole and I don't know. And I click on her. Did you know that she has a band? I did know that. It was like, it's called Susan. It was like Susie Lord. Yeah. Parks she's and the musician. band. Yeah. She's, 
I had no idea. I had no idea. <laughs> I click on it. The, and she, there's like a whole uh, side and like her SoundCloud and the music. And I was like, I was listening and I was like, holy cow. Like she, wow. Like I, the whole new, I, I, it, was like a, it was such a great discovery because I was like, and also I was just listening to her music. I was just like, well, and it was like pretty good. It kind of, it's like, it's like 90s grunge. I need to her. listen to some, I've actually never listened to her music. Oh, you got to. Oh my gosh. Okay, it's, and then like hearing her, I think it's her singing and her voice. I'm like, I've never, it's so interesting when you're like read a playwright and you never hear their voice, like their physical voice. Mm-hmm. And then I hear her singing. I'm like, what? This is this person like this. Well, it was kind of crazy. Yeah. So I was really good. I, I like her music. It was like actually really good. So you should check it out. Listeners, Ooh. Sam. <laughs> and I guess that's our glistens. Nice. All right. Well, listeners, thanks for tuning in to our first episode. Yeah, thank you. Uh, make sure to tell your friends and wherever you're listening on it, uh, review, give us, or don't review and just like us. Oh, yeah. Likes are good, too. We like likes. <laughs> likes are good. Um, but, yeah, thanks for follow tuning us, in. Right? Can they follow yes. us? Yes. Yeah, they can follow us. We're in Beckett's Babies on instagram twitter facebook but sam is not on facebook <laughs> i think i'm gonna wanna... instagram too what i know we'll talk about that in another episode yeah that's all yeah we need to hash this out <laughs> <laughs> all right thanks bye guys bye